Dodge, I think, can sense it right now. To go inbound to Weatherspoon with one. Weatherspoon puts up the three. It's no good! The Liberty Flames are still dancing. Man, the flame to the biggest victory in school history. Georgia to inbound, gets to the AC. Deep three, pull up. He makes it Larry Blair reverse layup, up and in, and he's fouled. Man, you talk about the degree of difficulty. With two, Georgie at the buzzer. Got it! He got it! Darius McGee, a game for the ages. And Liberty wins four games in the Big South Tournament to take home the 2013 crown. Look at Bio Baxter Bell. 25 for Colin Porter. Holmes lead. Splash. Shiloh Robinson with an effort play. And Liberty keeps on coming. A huge basket by Kyle Rowe. Got it! Pacheco with the three. Liberty, put your dancing shoes on. Well, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the AC of Red live podcast. This is the basketball edition. We're back after a little break. Life's been crazy this time of year. I got my main man, the Reverend, the Doctor at Did Liberty Win, Will Matthews. Will, how are we feeling, brother? Good, man. Good to be back. I uh, appreciate um, uh, filling in. Uh, everybody filling in for me uh, last time and uh, enjoyed the conversation with uh our guy joel vanderpoel and looking forward to coming up here at the end of the year could be uh some uh, good weekends coming up here for liberty athletics yeah absolutely and uh got two really uh interesting games that we'll talk about coming up here to kind of wrap up uh the 2023 year uh which has been another great year for liberty basketball uh calendar year wise and uh, looking forward to 2024 uh, coming up today, we have Bill Smith, SID of Liberty. A long time coming. I- I've wanted to have Bill on for a while, just haven't, I don't know, haven't reached out. Bill was kind enough. Bill is at Utah Valley. I don't know what city Utah Valley is. I got about 100 notes on them, but I don't know what city they're from. So, uh, But Bill's wherever they are. He's going to come up. And then uh, Coleman Crawley, the mid-major king, is going to join us at uh, about 9 p.m. So we got a fun show tonight. Um but uh, it's going to take a little while, Will. And when you got a show, you got to stay up a little later than normal. What do you need? You need ironclad coffee. And I know Will's got his cup ready to go in the Flames Cup. I mean, talk about pro. Uh, what flavor are we rocking tonight, Will? We've got the uh, bare knuckle tonight. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a robust flavor. Um. It is uh, it is strong, but like not so strong that you really have to do like a lot of sweetener. Okay, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, a little bit of cream for me, and it's Chef's Kiss. Well, I mean, this might be the bare knuckle portion of the schedule for Liberty wrapping up and getting into conference play. So I Ooh. think that is very apropos, Mister Matthews. Uh, and of course, you got that at IroncladCoffee.com. Super easy to order. Um, make sure you guys support them. Uh, 
they support Liberty Athletics unlike anyone else. They're everywhere. So, so you love people who love Liberty. Ironcladcoffee.com. Um, you know, the person you forgot to get something for Christmas. Uh, I doubt they can they can ship it that quick, but uh, you can at least have something ready for maybe uh, the first week of January for the person that you forgot. All right. Well, well we got a lot to get to, my friend. Um, we had three games, so we're going to kind of recap the ones that we missed. Not spend too much time in, in detail, especially the last one. Um, but Liberty Falls to Grand Canyon, 69-64. A game, uh, I would say a frustrating loss, Will, because you're up 23-6 to midway through the first half. Just a day where Liberty could not make a three-pointer. Uh, a lot of credit, I think, you have to give to Grand Canyon and their defense. I thought their defense played outstanding. Um, I think Grand Canyon is a really, really good team. But this was definitely one that... Um, I don't know, might haunt Liberty a little bit down the road, a game that, that you know, you're at home you, you expect to win. Yeah, it was a little reminiscent of um, that Southern Miss game from last year, except for it was just the opposite, uh, where yeah. Liberty got out to a big lead and Grand Canyon made a good comeback. This one hurts, I feel like, because this could have been a really good win on the resume. I guess the fact that Grand Canyon is a really good team it doesn't – um, it doesn't emotionally hurt a lot because, uh, you know, like you lost to a good team, but it, it is very disappointing to know that um, that we had that one, you know, seemingly halfway through the first half, just kind of let it get away, a little bit of sloppy play, and then just the, the three-point struggles was, I feel like, the dagger for this game. Yeah, I mean, Greg Kane is really good. Uh, they're 56th in Ken Palm right now, sandwiched in between Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. So that's the caliber of opponent um, that that you were you were playing here. Um, Greg Canyon's good. I tell you what, that's a team that uh, you had to, you know talk about sneaky Sweet 16. If they get a you know, I think they they could legitimately be a 12 seed in the tournament. They're a team that could 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 win a couple games. They're they're really talented. Um, but yeah, I mean this. Yeah, this one it it stung. Um, you know, I, I will say though, you know, maybe really glass half full here. It's good, good for Liberty to play some of these really tight games early in the year. Last mm-hmm. we haven't had a whole lot of those games. Um, you know, and when you're talking Conference USA tournament, when we start, we'll, we'll talk about the Conference USA in a minute. There's a lot of really quality teams and i think if you're fortunate enough to win the conference usa tournament even if liberty proves to be the best team which i think they will they're probably going to have to win two maybe three games that are you know a couple possessions in that tournament mm-hmm. yeah and liberty is the, uh, you know as far as conference usa goes um one of the teams that i guess you would say is the you know, obviously preseason what they were, um, but just a lot of scoring coming back minus Darius McGee. So facing a Grand Canyon team like this is almost facing, you know, with the amount of players that they had um, coming back on their team with their experience is like facing a, a top half Conference USA team. Uh, Grand Canyon would be sitting at the top of the Conference USA. So I feel like it was a good challenge as far as um, what kind of quality um 
we can go up against and compete with at a at a high level. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next game, uh, Liberty 20-point winner over Tennessee State. This was really uh, a, a nice win for Liberty. I think they were only 12-point favorites in this game, you know, to be able to win this one by 20, uh, run up the margin. Um, Liberty, a pretty, pretty lackluster first half, kind of felt like uh, I this was a later tip. It was, I think, a doubleheader with the women's game. So mm-hmm. even even me, the night owl that I am, kind of kept myself kind of yawning in that first half. But uh, I tell you what, <laughs> Richie got into the boys because that second half, uh, Liberty outscored um, Tennessee State forty to seventeen in the second half, and they held them under to point uh, five five points per possession. Which, if you don't know, one point zero is average. So you're holding them to literally almost half of that. That is elite defense. Uh, and one other one other point, well, before I get your your thoughts on this one, Joseph Vanzant, I, I was digging a little bit today. He's underrated, but I think people will go, oh, he's underrated. Yeah, because he's a great defender. Now, this dude is underrated offensively. He's shooting over 70% from the field on a two-point attempts, which is 90% of his shots. Uh, this guy is incredibly efficient around the rim. Um, I think we need to give uh, Mr. Vinzan a little bit more credit than I think we do. Yeah, his rebounding has really been able to facilitate some of that um, scoring that, you know, he's getting some some of those second looks like that with uh, offensive rebounds and just putting it right back up. Um, we all know that he's a great defender, plus defender. Um, that's what he brings to the table. And then, you know, to be the to be able to bring that offense efficiency, I think really helps Liberty out. I think you talked about that a little bit before the season started about getting him the ball a little bit more and kind of seeing what he could contribute offensively. I didn't see, I didn't watch this game in all transparency. Um, I kind of saw the score at halftime and I was like, uh, what's you know, kind of like what's going on. I felt like we should have uh, been up a little bit better on Tennessee state. But then when I saw the final score and I saw that we won by 20 and, and I said, uh, yeah, uh, coach got him right there at halftime. <laughs> and then the last game, we won't spend a ton of time on this. I, this is a, the rare Liberty game. <laughs> I did. I did not watch. Um, we had some Christmas stuff going and uh, um, I, I did not step back and watch the tape of this one, but <laughs> Liberty knocks off. Uh, St. Peter's Presbyterian, 99-26. The one nice thing, though, Will, I I will say, I know we've had a lot of fun uh, poking fun at these kind of games over the years. Liberty does have some really good depth, and it's nice to see, like, Xander Yates and Ben Sutherland be able to get some some minutes and actually put up some good numbers just for, you know, their – confidence sake just for the them to to kind of get that but you never know when those guys are going to need their name called a little bit more where there's an injury down the line whether you have one of those crazy games where everyone's in foul trouble um nonetheless it's just good to see obviously Xander Gates you know Xander Yates six of seven from three uh it doesn't matter who you're playing against that's that's you still have to make those shots so I guess that's maybe the one nice takeaway from that yeah that's how you have to look at these games like this you have to look at it like I'm going to get to see some guys play some meaningful minutes that maybe won't play those meaningful minutes later unless there's an injury, um, unless something happens where, you know, maybe they get in and get hot and kind of prove themselves to the coaching staff. Um, but so, yeah, good to see, you know, Sutherland kind of fill the stat sheet. Xander Yates, uh, six from seven 
uh, three point. Um, kind of ridiculous, but um, it, it's a it's a great practice for the team. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, have a quick thirty second word from our friends at Experience Leesburg, and then we're gonna bring in uh, Bill Smith live from Utah. It's real Florida, it's old Florida, and it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. All right, we're joined now by Liberty Men's Basketball SID Bill Smith live from is it is it Orem, Utah? Is that how you say it? It is Orem. Yes, good to have, good to hear from you, Nick. Um, but we're actually staying in Provo, so we are okay. Actually, a little bit closer to BYU than we are to Utah Valley right now. Is Jimmer so. Fredette around? No, he is. He is not. We have not seen him yet, <laughs> but um, maybe he'll pop up tonight. Big Jimmer Fredette fan back in the day. Uh, but Bill, it's awesome to have you with us. Um, for the, the the folks who maybe don't know what an SID does, and I, I think we could probably spend three hours giving you your whole job because I think you do probably the same job that if it was the Atlanta Hawks, is probably like a team of 25 people do. But uh, tell, tell the folks what all you do for Liberty Basketball and uh, uh, how you uh, got involved with the team. Yeah, sure. So this is my second year working with Liberty Men's Basketball, but my eighth year at Liberty. Um, this opportunity came open in last October, and uh, I got asked if, hey, would you be interested in working with men's basketball? I said, absolutely. But um, at that time, I didn't know, like, I knew the program was special, and there was just something different about the team and the success and everything, but I didn't know going into it what to expect. And I jumped in and here we are today in year two and I'm loving it. Um, yeah. So just, I mean, a little bit of my responsibilities include the game notes, um, just communicating with media, uh, setting up interviews. Nor I'm used to being the one setting this up and not being on something like this. So <laughs> it has me a little uncomfortable, but um, I'm enjoying it. And uh, yeah, so just facilitating all that and then also working with, local media as well as opposing teams coming in and trying to be hospitable to them and making sure they have what they need. And then also doing post-game press conference interviews, um, facilitating all that with our coaches and student athletes. And um, yeah, so that's just a little synopsis and then working with the creative team as well. Um, just keeping them in the loop about career highs, any milestones, anything that we should, uh, that we should keep in mind to have ready when something happens. So What's uh? Is there one part of the job that you like to do other than um, other than you know maybe some other menial task involved? Yeah, I mean, we, a lot of us are seen as you know stat geeks and stat nerds, and I love numbers, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's great and all. But I would just say the just working with the guys and the coaches and and everybody here is is, is amazing, and it's it's special when you get to interact with them on a personal level, get to know them, spend time in the hotel with them, play Settlers of Catan with them, just do different things, play pickleball with some of them. So there's just a lot of, you know, personal interaction that I get to experience on the road and being in Utah with these guys too. So who's the big Catan guys? 
on this team? Oh, I only played once this season so far, and I am not very good and definitely came in last place. But Shiloh Robinson, very, very heady on the court and also very good at Catan. Uh, played with <laughs> played with JV as well. He played with us. And then our uh, strength coach, Rob Hornet. That was the the group that I played with, but some other guys will mix in, like Steve Burgraff and those guys. So, yeah, I definitely finished in last. Yes, this is the hardcore stuff I wanted to I wanted to get out of you. See, we just get all these cookie cutter answers from from the Liberty players because Richie's got them trained so well. Uh, but this is this is the stuff we want. All right, Utah Valley. This is a interesting opponent. I, I don't remember. I've been following Liberty basketball for. Gosh, what was it, 20 years now, almost? Um, right. Don't remember a whole lot of games played on the road at Utah Valley. Uh, looks like they have a really nice gym there from kind of the pictures and stuff I was looking at today. Yeah, so we just came from there a little bit ago. We had a shoot around there and very unique school just in that they went straight from the JUCO ranks to D1 with that was, as far as I know, that's the only school that's done that. And that was in 03. And just to see their facilities and I, I haven't been to Utah, so this is my first trip here, but just seeing the mountainscape behind all the athletic facilities, the academic buildings is is mind-boggling. And I, I feel like I haven't asked every person on this trip, hey, have you been to Utah before? But the looks and the pictures that the guys are taking give me a, a perspective that, hey, maybe most of us haven't been here before. So, um, yeah, the arena is nice. I think it seats about 7,500 and um, looks like a good good venue for a game tomorrow. Awesome. Hey, you. This is your, uh, you know, second year in the program, first year of Conference USA. So um, you get to see a, a lot of different places, uh, uh, including Utah. But you know, this year you've been to Myrtle Beach and um, Charlotte. And is there any of those places so far that you've been to that sticks out as being, you know, nicer than the others, or um, a, a place that you like to visit more than some? I mean, playing at the Spectrum Center was pretty cool in Charlotte. So that was that was really neat. And we were also kind of near where the UVA locker room was. So we, we got to see those guys in passing and just having three games and, and one night there was cool. And being able to kick it off at the win was was great. But um, yeah, the arena here, I'm trying to think. Someone said to me when we walked in, hey, this kind of reminds me of Kennesaw in a weird sort of way. They have the 7,500 seats, but some of the bleachers were like rich, like pushed up like kind of like there was something behind there so it kind of i don't know it, it to me it looked like kennesaw in a weird sort of way i don't expect it to be quite as rowdy but you never know tomorrow um i'm not sure what we're expecting with students here or not here but it should be a should be a good atmosphere for a game yeah utah valley has a pretty nice little recent pedigree i know they've they've just a, a wild team with so many transfers they've got in they got a first year coach now but um, they, they've been competitive against a lot of really, uh, um, you know, good competition here early in the year. Uh, Bill, before you, before we, uh, brought you on, we were talking a little bit about that game against St. Andrews and this schedule for Liberty has been absolutely daunting this year. I, I can't remember a non-conference anywhere like this where game after game after game were competitive. Like Tennessee state was the the easiest division one opponent in the last like several weeks. And they're a quality team um, that, 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 that's capable of a lot, but that game on Saturday, do you think it was like important uh, to kind of have one of those games to kind of get some, some guys that uh, it feels like Richie's maybe shorten his bench a little bit, get, get some more guys, some, some additional minutes and some additional reps and experience. 
Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know you guys were talking about it before I came on. I heard you mentioning it, just seeing guys like Xander go off and have 23 points um, and just seeing Ben getting that opportunity and then and it being named conference freshman of the week. So that was first time we'd had anyone newcomer or freshman of the week since Kyle in 2019. So it had been a while um, since we had a newcomer. I know in the ASUN they did stuff where transfers were eligible for that award. So just seeing Ben get recognized, um, seeing JC and some of the other guys get more minutes and Bryson get in there a bunch. Um, it was, yeah, good to get them. I think good to get them that experience. And, um, you know, and their, their teammates were, were great on the sideline or bench side there. They were, you, you see several pictures of Colin, JV, Gabriel, all those guys just going nuts for, for those guys whenever they made a shot. So it was, uh, it was special in that and just seeing, I, Xander had the quietest 23 points I can remember. I know we say that a lot about Darius McGee, but I look at it when Xander had 17, I'm like, he has 17 points. And then he finished with 23. It was, it was, it was cool to see. <laughs> Talk about Gabriel McKay for a second. I feel like he's the superstar that we all want to know about right now. He's like bringing big energy to the team. Feels like he's going to be in the NBA in a couple of years. Um, talk about like his uh, emergence on this, uh, this rotation. Yeah, and he, he really has, has stepped it up in, in the last several weeks and just playing an important role, very big energy guy on defense. But when he has an open three, he's knocking it down too. And it's just it's cool to see him evolve on the offensive end and he's getting four-point play chances. And and he's just – yeah, yeah. And he's the most outlandish personality on the team and a, a lot of fun to be around. So, I mean, you, I'm sure you guys have seen what him and JC are doing with the Players' Lounge and, and just – their personalities get to shine through that, but on the court, you know, he's a leader. He's, he's doing a lot of great things so far this year. All right. We're getting close to uh conference USA play. Uh, what's kind of been your kind of initial thoughts is uh, I assume you went to the media day out in Alabama. Um, yes. Yeah. I was there. Mm-hmm. What's kind of your initial thoughts about the league and some of the teams and how has it maybe been different than the a sun from at least your perspective? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely a, a great event to be a part of in mid-October there in Huntsville and cool to have it in the city that's going to host the the neutral site uh, championship there. But it was, it was a, you know, first class event and really nice at the U.S. Uh, Air and Space Center there. And um, just being able to, you know, be there for that was, was cool with Kyle and coach and our women's team as well. Um, yeah, I'm just week to week, I'm kind of keeping up with, you know, what teams are doing, who's winning awards, who, what, you know, who's, who's beaten who, who who's had some setbacks. So I, I, I think Liberty is in a good position to, you know, make a nice run at it. And it, it'll just be unique going to all these places that we haven't been to and playing road games out in Texas and New Mexico and just new venues. And after being in the A-Sun for five years, we were, we were starting to get used to some of the, the gyms there and, and just how, how things look and, backdrop backdrops and everything like that but now we don't know what to expect or at least i don't know what to expect in in cusa play so far but i'm i think we're ready for it once once the calendar hits 2024 yeah kind of a non-basketball question here bill um you know you guys will be hitting the road to was it birmingham after the orm um and then you've got christmas in between um right after that alabama game are, are, does the Liberty basketball team get together to watch the Fiesta Bowl, 
or does everybody kind of go home for New Year's or like what? Like, is there any well, plans on the? You don't know the schedule the, well. You don't know the schedule. They yeah, got a, well, we, they got an eleven what, a. What's after Alabama? They have an eleven a eleven a.m. game on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah, do the they? Only, the only oh, game well, I know of that day is over the boys' game. Yeah, we'll, we are playing boys at eleven a.m. Uh, on New Year's Day. Come on out! But you could send Arena. half the team to play against boys, and then and the rest can sit back and watch the bowl game. I don't know about that. I <laughs> got some players, but yeah, we. Uh, uh, I I I think um, I saw something that today uh, my wife sent me that uh, the local movie theater is actually going to be showing the Fiesta Bowl. From what I heard, I saw that on the news. So, oh wow! For people who are around for Christmas break, that might be a good option. But I think the game will be done before kickoff. But that, yeah, that's the only. Everyone's asking me, "Are you going to the Fiesta Bowl? Are you going to the Fiesta Bowl?" I'm like, "Oh, I've got a basketball game, and that's all I'm really worried about." I may I may not have my full undivided attention to the football game till second quarter. So with post game stuff, so yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be locked into Boyce. What are you talking about, Will? Come on, <laughs> get out of here with that. No, uh, it was funny. Mid major madness was uh, was poking a little bit of fun at at at, at Liberty scheduling an eleven a.m. game on on New Year's Day. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was all in. And good yeah, I, 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 but that I was that scheduled. Too. That was scheduled before the Fiesta Bowl. That was not because yeah. of it. That was yeah. The, it, the Fiesta Bowl should probably bump the game back to like three or four Eastern. Come on now, like <laughs> yeah. We, we had that game first, so I don't know why they're uh, why they're bumping up against our game. Come on, ABC, get it together. All right, well, uh, Bill, this has been a uh, a lot of fun. Appreciate you uh, taking some time to uh, uh, join us, and uh, yeah, we'll have to catch back up again soon. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, I still remember meeting you at, at Bellarmine uh, at Freedom Hall last December and uh, for that Bellarmine game. So it's it's good to finally chat with you on here. And, Will, I I feel like I've known who you are, but I've never actually had a conversation with you. So it's nice to actually <laughs> talk to you. And, uh, you know, I love what you guys are doing, and I appreciate all the coverage you guys are providing Liberty basketball. And it's, it's, fun, to, it's fun to hear from you and fun to watch. And I used to – around this time last year, I didn't, I didn't fully grasp Ken Palm and all this and that, but now it's Nick, I'll tell you this. It's a daily habit. I got to check it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like eating cereal in the morning. You know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta see what's going on with the Ken Palm and it changes by the hour. So I appreciate that you guys are so heavily invested in Liberty basketball. I love it. I love it. All right, Phil, appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to have a quick word from our guy, Jason Porter. I'll uh, be back with Coleman Crawley here in just a little bit. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. 
but uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. All right, shout out to our uh, our guy, Jason Porter Real Estate, the guy in the Lynchburg area if you need any real estate services. All right, well, uh, Coleman will be on here in hopefully just a minute. Uh, let's look at a look at what's coming up here with the schedule. And like I said, I mean, Utah Valley, um, we'll go a little bit deeper into a preview of them and talk a little bit more about Alabama in a minute. But uh, these are two really tough road games to kind of end the year. Um, and then you get that, that boys game and then boom, you're right into uh conference USA and, and a conference USA schedule where you start out with uh, two of your first three games are on the road and they're two really tough opponents. Yeah. These two games, you've got that last game against voice um, that does not matter. And <laughs> other than uh, to the team, um, but as uh, from the fan perspective, um, you know, it's like a like a practice, but then you hit it's go time for Conference USA. This is what we've kind of been waiting for. Western Kentucky has been on a good little run uh, last five games or so. And I don't know if you I don't know how close you are to Western Kentucky, but I wanted to let you know, Nick, that they have a night with Hall of Famer Johnny Bench on Saturday, January the 27th. So. If you are not busy that night, you might want to go check in on that game. <laughs> Western, I, honestly, I was I was looking into it uh, from where I'm at. I think Liberty's closer than Western Kentucky. Oh, um, okay. So if I was down at Cincinnati, it would be a little bit closer. But I'm all the way up at the top of Ohio. But uh, but all right, it looks like our guy Coleman is uh, ready to jump in. Let's bring him in here. Oh, let me switch this up. Coleman, what's going on, brother? How's it going, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, where where have you been up to lately? I know we chatted last year. What what what? Where are you at now? What where are you headed? Where you been? Absolutely. So journey uh, year two point whatever you want to call it. Not quite the same as what it was last year. Last year I quit my job to you know pursue it uh, full on. This year still have a full time job. So of course that keeps me busy nine to five and makes it to where. I can't travel across the country like I did last year. So Journey 2.0 is primarily in the Northeast, but on the weekends, uh, sorry, I moved to New York, didn't say that. Uh, but on the weekends, I'll try to get within about a six, eight hour radius in New York to not just make it a Northeast tour. So 
then conference tournament time, that's when I'll look to hit it hard and hopefully uh, get some great mid and small major action. Well, two things for me. Number one, I think we had you on last year on our show, and I don't know if you had all of this right here, but it's uh, it's looking good. Maybe if you fill it in a little bit. Oh, um, I, I need to fill it in a lot. This is sheer laziness, Will, is what this is. <laughs> Life on the road, man. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you came to like, what, three uh, Liberty games last year in Lynchburg? Um, yes. In the foreseeable future, any trips to Virginia when you're not in the Northeast? So I don't have anything planned yet, but I would love to. I'm going to have to. I'll have to type in, see just quite how far that journey is. But yeah, you guys had a top-notch environment. And then I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. But your team this year, I know it's been rougher as of late relative to the beginning of the season. But I'm a believer, even without McGee, that the rest of the crew can step up, Kyle Road leading the way, um, that you guys have potential to be a Cinderella again. I know didn't make the tournament last year oh so close, but I think the switch to Conference USA is actually a better thing for you all than being in the A-Sun this year. Coleman, it kind of feels like with, with this Liberty team, like coming into the year, if you looked at the schedule and Liberty was nine and three, I think we all would have said, Hey, that's great. Like that means we're off to a good start. It's just kind of the way I guess it maybe panned out where you, you, you started off uh, uh, five and zero against division one teams. Then you lose three of four. It maybe felt a little bit different, but when you look at it from a, a, a more of a bird's eye view and you look at it and you go, wow, nine and three against that level of competition actually looks a lot better than, than maybe you think. No, absolutely. That tournament you guys were in was stiff mid-major competition, and you all ran through it with ease. So I think that kind of raised the bar a little bit on your expectations for you know what Liberty's going to do this upcoming season. Um, so, of course, those have been tapered a little bit with the recent losses. But like you said, you look at it as a whole, Liberty's done a great job. And with their quality wins, there's no reason as long as they continue to perform about what they've done so far that they can't be a 13-12 type seed where you all have been in the past uh, when McKay was able to get you guys to the tournament a few years back that, you know, you know, those 12-5 upsets are the potential um, ones that, you know, make a Cinderella run. Yeah, earlier this year on uh, Mimosas Till March, uh, you did some conference uh, previews. Um, where did you see kind of, you know, for, for those of um, – that might be watching and listening that hasn't checked out your podcast uh, uh, and some of those conference previews, they're, they're really good. Where, where did you have Liberty at the beginning of the season? And like, who do you see as far as conference USA being some of the, the toughest uh, challengers in the top echelon of the conference? I had Liberty at number one. Um, you guys obviously interesting transition in that the only five conference USA teams returning when it combined 41 and 59 last year in Conference USA play, only one of them had a winning record. I think it was Middle Tennessee State at like 11 and 9. So it was pretty much the middle of the pack that returned, not any huge threats. And then, I mean, New Mexico State, who transitioned in, coming off, you know, their debacle, um, mismanagement of how their program was run. They, of course, aren't going to have high hopes. Jacksonville State had such a down year last year, more of a rebuilding year this year. Even Sam Houston, I thought, was going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year with their coach leaving. So I think because of that, there's a lot of mediocrity in the rest of Conference USA. 
that I had you guys number one, and I think it's by a substantial margin in my eyes. Middle Tennessee State, Western Kentucky, to me, are the next two right there, maybe Sam Houston. But I think you guys are a notch above the rest in my eyes. Coleman, uh, talks a little bit about some of the the other the mid major teams maybe that you saw either in person or that you've just you know as a guy who loves to watch basketball who who are some of the uh, I know you're you're always trying to predict Cinderella who's maybe some of the early front runners this year one of them was a Cinderella last year Princeton um wow watching them play it's not a typical Princeton style offense that you'd think of uh, they do a whole lot of isolation, penetration, just allow their skilled athletes to draw two defenders and then make everyone else around them better. They have been a joy to watch. St. Joe's is one that I've seen live who was actually able to beat Princeton. They've also beaten Villanova, took Kentucky to overtime. Four of their five leading scorers, double-figure guys, all shoot at north of 40% from three. So they're so hard to guard when they can spread you out that way. Those are a couple of teams right now that may be a little off people's radar um, that I would have. And then, of course, you've got Florida Atlantic, Colorado State, San Diego State, Memphis. When I was looking at it most recently, 18 of the top 50 teams in the net rankings were mid-majors. So, so far, this has been, I think, a very strong mid-major non-conference performance, which for my brand I love and hope we get as many mid-major teams in the tournament as possible. Hey, and kind of in the same vein, just to follow up with that, um, you know, we got spoiled at Liberty with, uh, what, five years of Darius McGee um, watching him. Who are some guys in the mid-major ranks that um, are kind of, you know, under the radar, just elite players that maybe we need to go out of our way to check out? You know, to be honest with you, Will, I haven't not been on the road as much yet. I, I haven't seen anybody in person that wowed me so far that I've seen live like a Darius McGee. I mean, Darius had to be one of the top five players that I saw at the mid-major level last year. Eric Reynolds uh, at St. Joe's put on a pretty special performance. At one point, he himself was beating Iona 26 to 23, um, was like seven and nine from three or something like that. He's a pretty special player, but because his team is so good, he doesn't have to force the issue. If, if he were on perhaps a worse team, I think he could be a guy that averages 20 few a game like Darius did. But instead, with them having five double-figure scorers, he's 17, 18 a game. So I hope to get out there and see some um, of the elite individuals in mid-major basketball in the country. But I haven't seen anyone yet. Jair Davis, I think, had 26 for Delaware in the game that I watch. Uh, those were a couple of the strong performances I've seen. All right, my last question for you, Coleman, is a you're a man after my own heart when it comes to uh, putting a little bit of coin on college basketball games. Tell me a little bit Not about good at it. Well, okay, but I, it's you're one day away. You're one day away from. from That's from how I think. What's uh? What's kind of your strategy with with uh, with picking games? So I I did a science fair project when I was in sixth grade on studying uh, the college football and NFL season for the first 11 weeks and then making predictions based off that. And I went 17 and six in that uh, study or whatever, won my science fair. From that, basically I found the 10 biggest outliers of the 50 couple teams that I covered. 
And it happened to be either the worst teams that Vegas just couldn't catch up to how bad they were and the best teams. Vegas just couldn't catch up to how good they were. So from that, I've derived what I like to call the favorites, favorite strategy. Although, like I said, I haven't been that successful. I try to stay away from the middle of the pack type teams. So the bottom tier teams, particularly when they're at home, Vegas tends to give them a more favorable line. I'll still fade them or the top tier teams, regardless of who they're playing, I'll continue to ride them even if they go to a slump. Because just from the studies that I've done, 56, 57% of the time, those top two and bottom two, that's about their numbers and where they cover at the end of the season. It's just hard to predict at the beginning or the middle of the season who those top and bottom two are. I got one more on that, Will, and I'll let you get to your your last question. I, I've heard some some you know smarter people that that like to to handicap some of these games say that that Vegas sometimes with the mid major level can overvalue home court advantage, especially in gyms where there's like three hundred people at a game. Do you think that's like sometimes true, and there's maybe some value there? I absolutely think that's a thing, especially like, um, you know, at the beginning of my journey last year, I started on December 28th. So kids are home for the first two, three weeks of when I did the journey that, yeah, the home court advantage is non-existent outside of the familiarity of playing in that gym often um, that I think in the mid majors, for sure, sometimes that home team is overvalued just because that's typically what Vegas does. They're going to give them the advantage. Right, let's fade some fade some home teams these uh, these next two weeks. Happy holidays! All right, well, yes. what do you got? All in on the way teams. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, toughest question for you tonight, probably. Oh, What's your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? We all want to know. Whoa, whoa! Wow. That, that that's a great question. I love that. <laughs> Christmas Vacation has to be in there. Elf has to be in there. I'm trying to think of. What else I'd throw in there? I mean, from a kid, like I, I watched Home Alone all the time. So I've got to throw that in there. Don't watch it as much now. Oh, and then Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have said, I mean, that one's. Oh, yeah. It's a banger. He's That's unbelievable banger. in it. <laughs> That's my Mount Rushmore. All right. Fantastic. All right. Well, Coleman, uh, tell everyone where they can uh, keep up with you. Give us all the plugs. Yes, sharp, sharp Shot Select on TikTok and Twitter. And then Mimosas Till March is my podcast on Spotify, where Will said you can get all the preseason content. And then I'll be doing an update here and during Christmas break when we don't have very many games. All right. Well, appreciate it, Coleman. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. And uh, uh, best of luck uh, traveling around the country. Thank you all so much for having me. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Thanks, Coleman. Uh, let's have a quick word from uh, Flames Rising, and then we'll come back to wrap this uh, this bad boy up. Hey, Flames Nation, this is Kyle Rode. This is Rachel Root. And this is Kato Salter. We would just want to say thank you for supporting athletes like us through the Flames Rising Collective. The Flames Rising Collective is a registered 501c3, providing opportunities for student athletes to use their name, image, and likeness while serving our local community. 100% of everything contributed to the collective will go directly to creating name, image, and likeness opportunities for Liberty student athletes. Help us be champions for Christ and champions on the field. Flames. All right, good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little about this game tomorrow night. Utah Valley, eight p.m. Uh, Utah Valley coming in one sixty six in Ken Palm, right there in net one sixty two. 
I should know this. I think they're a quad three, but I think if they go up two spots, there are quad two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that out. I should have had this, but 160 is the cutoff. I don't know which it is, but we want them to to move up a couple spots nonetheless. <laughs> but Utah Valley, a 11 game home win streak, and they've won 21 of their last 22. Uh, this is from the the notes that Bill sent over. Um, they were in the NIT Final Four last season, uh, but totally different team this year. First year head coach, they only have one returning player, eleven new players, seven transfers. The one interesting thing to see is is uh, Drake Allen. That's their junior forward. Is he in the starting lineup? He's missed two of the last three games, but played twenty five minutes their last game at Utah. Not currently listed in their game notes as a starter. Um, kind of a fun player. He transferred from WAC rival. That's in their conference, uh, Southern Utah. So in-state, in-conference transfer uh, year to year. But he was first team all whack. So it's to see if he's in the lineup or not. I was searching a little bit of his name, and he was apparently, well, this is funny. I don't know if this was gamesmanship or what, but he apparently was in a walking boot um, before the game started when they were doing shoot-arounds and then came in the game later on. <laughs> so yeah trying to throw everybody off the scent a little bit yeah so that was funny yeah. and then the other guy is uh caleb stone carowell yeah. he's leads the team with uh, 13 and a half points of the game another one of the transfers from austin p but he did not play in the game against liberty last year so uh, this is a tough opponent man this is a game man, you get this win i think you really no matter what happens against alabama i think you really wrap up conference play feeling really good about yourself Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, remember, you know, Utah Valley from the NIT Final Four last year. You mentioned earlier kind of the, I don't know, strange results, I guess, from their schedule that they've had this year. They've played some good teams pretty close and barely won some of their more winnable games, it seems like. Um, they're on a bit of a home win streak. Um, they've won like 21 out of 22 at home dating back to last year. And, you know, Liberty is very similar in the fact that they win a lot at home. So obviously they're going to be tough to play at home. Um, other than that, than that, it, it seems like they're a, a decent three point shooting team, not a great rebounding team. So it seems like Liberty will maybe need to rebound well off some misses uh, hopefully there won't be a lot of misses, but they'll they'll shoot a little bit better against um, tougher competition than they have in recent weeks. But um, rebound well off the misses, create some second chance opportunities, and you know I think we come in pretty well rested um, for this game. Yeah, I have a special visitor, Charlie. I thought I heard someone sneaking in behind me. <laughs> uh, Charles. Charles Kirby making his Sea Red podcast debut. But yeah, Utah Valley, um, man, they've had a lot of close, tough losses. Like they they were in the game against Utah their last game until the last couple of minutes, and then it kind of got away from them. Lost at Oregon State by three. Uh, they beat Seattle, which is a really quality yeah. top 120 team. Um, they beat, you know, like I think you mentioned the same Houston State was they, they've had they've had a really quality schedule. So uh, I'm I'm excited about this game. I think it's gonna be a, a fun game. Um, interesting to see their atmosphere. I've kind of looked a little bit, and some games they have a really good atmosphere. Some games they don't. So I don't know what the time of the year year it is. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, this is a fun game. And I well, I love this 
whack CUSA mm-hmm. thing. Like, isn't this awesome? Like, I hope they I, I would love for them to do this forever. I think this these are two really good conferences that I think match up really well. Yeah, it's just it's you know, if for all the talk that we've heard about how difficult scheduling is right now for mid majors, it's just mutually beneficial for both conferences to to be able to put something on the schedule that's going to be comparable competition wise. Yeah. All right. And then the uh the last game, um we we won't we won't be back on before uh, the the new year, um, but so we want to talk a little bit about Alabama. I'm not going to go into too much detail with it still being like 11 days away, but Alabama is number one in the country in offensive efficiency. Well, I feel like for this game, it would just be nice if Liberty could keep it single digits. Like I know that's maybe a loser's mentality, but it it, it will it feels like to me the one thing Liberty's really kind of struggled in is being competitive against elite offenses like Alabama. When we saw them play them in the past, um, Florida Atlantic, these elite offensive, mm-hmm. it feels like Liberty just hasn't been able to keep up with. So if they could just hang around in this game and, and keep it close, keep it competitive. I think that's going to make you feel a lot better about, you know, maybe Liberty's chances of actually, you know, winning a game in the NCAA tournament, and not having to play one of these maybe teams that are are a good five seed, but they're more like the sluggish type teams, and be able to beat an actual really good offense. Yeah, it it won't be a loss won't be as disappointing as say a Grand Canyon lost in this situation. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I do have a question. I don't know if we've ever really talked about this, and so maybe if we have, it'd just be a good refresher for me. But um, you know that where it says on that graphic you just had up semi away. Um, is that something that, I mean, I know it's in Alabama, but it's not on the university like home court. Um, how does like Ken Palm, do they, does that figure into kind of the rankings that they do? Like those, yeah, it's not so, really neutral court, but it kind of is, you know, I guess technically. Yeah. Alabama loves doing this, this semi away because it gives them a little bit better of a boost in terms of, not playing just Liberty as a straight home game. So it's 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 in between. Okay. It's in between um um it's in between home and away. Home and it's in between home and neutral on Ken Palm. Ken Palm has its okay. own criteria. Yeah, for that's what net, I was gonna ask. Yeah. For, for the net, it's a straight neutral game. There's no in between. Okay. Now in the case of Liberty here, Alabama is almost surefire going to be a quad one game, whether you're playing them on the road um, or if they're a neutral, because um, on the road, a quad one is top 75 neutrals, top 50 Alabama is clearly going to be a top 50 at the end of the year. So it doesn't really matter for the net as much in terms of Liberty. Um, but for Alabama, it is nice for them for Ken Palm because it doesn't, you know, if if say they if it, Ken Palm would expect Alabama probably to beat Liberty as a straight home game, probably by ten is my guess. The mm-hmm. semi away, they maybe bump it down to. Well, I guess it's it's ten now, so maybe maybe it's fourteen, and then it's a couple extra points. So it gives Alabama a little bit better of a cushion in terms of how well they have to perform. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it did. I I wasn't sure if Ken Palm differentiated between neutral and semi-away if those were two separate categories or if it was just kind of the same same deal um but I, i've 
gotten a chance to catch a couple of Alabama games here and there, at least portions of Alabama games. And you said it, offensive efficiency um, is like they're just really good. Um, you watch them and you see it. Mark Sears obviously is the guy that, you know, if Liberty has any hope of of staying within, you know, that single digits margin, like they're going to have to keep him in check because, um, I mean, he – had a really good game against Creighton, even though Alabama lost that game. He gets to the free throw line more than anyone else on the team. Um, just a, a he's the kind of the the guy that um, will, to to watch for Alabama. Yeah, Ala, Alabama plays a semi away game uh, against Arizona. So I'm assuming that's probably okay. in Phoenix or something tomorrow. So I really hope Alabama wins that game tomorrow. Yeah. Um, because if they don't, they're going to have lost one, two, three, four, five of seven. And it's like, a, it's like the five of seven stretch that like, it, it's not indicative at all about them. They lost an away game right. at top 10 Creighton by three. They lost yeah. to Purdue by six on a neutral in a game that they pretty much had and gave away, um, 11 point loss to Ohio state on a neutral. And then, uh, a home loss to a top 25 Clemson team by eight points. So I really hope they win that Arizona game because if they don't, they are going to be looking at that Liberty game. That's their last non-conference game too. We're calling it mm -hmm. Liberty's last non-conference game. Um, they're going to be looking at that as a, hey, we need to make a statement. Got to get right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really hope they beat out Arizona tomorrow. But I'm not, I'm not banking on it because Arizona is really, really good. Yeah. But, but yeah, looking forward to this. I think it's a fun, um, uh, fun way to to end this this year um and and it, it has will i think it has been a a great calendar year for um for liberty basketball um we'll take a quick look at that at the ken palm nothing's really changed liberty is still 63 louisiana tech at 87 uh, louisiana tech i i think that's still the the team that that's going to give liberty the most um um trouble um but we'll kind of see how that how that shakes out uh, net pretty much the same story. Liberty a little bit higher. Louisiana Tech a little bit higher. New Mexico State somehow three twenty one in net. And if you've watched New Mexico State play at all, they just lost a game uh, against New Mexico, which is a, a really really good team this year. Mm -hmm. They gave the game away. They had the game won. I think they ended up losing by three. Um, but but yeah, they're they're really good. And then here's kind of the the last uh, schedule here, Will of uh, CUSA play. Um, before uh, or of last non-conference for CUSA, um, there's actually a couple games tonight. I think um, St. Mary's plays Western Kentucky, and um, um, one of the other teams are in action at, at ten. But uh, Sam Houston, there they play Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's playing everyone. Louisiana Tech plays Grand Canyon on Saturday. Um, those are those are two really good games. And Sam Houston, uh, they play Texas Tech. Sam Houston's another. I think quality team is kind of sneaking up, so they got some tough competition here to uh, to uh, round out the year. Any other kind of thoughts on CUSA, or are you just kind of like let's just get the game started? Yeah, just kind of let's get the game started. Um, and, you know, this Alabama game coming up, and uh, Boyce. Um, you know, a lot of Flames Nation probably won't be tuning into that game just because of the the day that it falls on. So just really ready to, to get into conference play and, and kind of like focus a little bit more on basketball for all of us in, in flames nation. All right. Well, 
since this is our, I guess this is our Christmas special, we, we should have maybe done a little more festive. Let's do it. Uh, what's your, your top five Christmas movies? Ooh. So number one is Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. Wow. That's my number one. Not many people have that as their number one, but I go with that one. Um, obviously, uh, some of the more classics, Elf, um, Home Alone, The Santa Claus. Uh, that's on one of my top ones. How about you? It's a Wonderful Life's definitely number one. The greatest movie ever made, regardless Buffalo Christmas. Gals, won't you come out tonight? There you come go. Come out tonight. Yeah. Um, I would also, I would just kind of go with the ones that I have to see every year. Uh, Four Christmases is absolutely um, up there. The Santa Claus is up there. Um, I would get divorced if I didn't say Elf, so I'm going to say Elf. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's one. I'm missing one. What am I missing? Um, yeah, that that's mine. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do top five, but those are the those yeah. are the 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 must sees every year. But yeah, any final thoughts here, Will? Yeah. No, man, go Flames. Yeah, go Flames. Uh, uh, thanks everyone who watches and and pays attention to this uh, uh silly little show. And uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a fun year covering Liberty basketball again. We'll keep keep it rolling in 2024 we hope that you know all of you out there have a have a merry christmas and uh, uh enjoy you know this time of the year with your your families and uh hopefully liberty man what would a christmas miracle be to knock off alabama but we got to take care of yeah. utah utah valley tomorrow night first but all right for will uh for uh jay supporter real estate thanks for your support uh for experience leesburg thanks for your support of course for the goat of all coffee ironclad coffee Thanks for your support. This is Nick Kirby. Take care. Go Flames.